Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. All right, Dean. Uh, we're back to do one of these uh, Blue Star Nation surveys again. Yes. We just keep generating all this like cool, fascinating content where we're going out there and talking to actual end users. I love it. People that our VARs and ISVs yes. work with. Yes. Trying to find out what makes you tick. What they you don't have time in. for this. No. We've we got time and we got skills and we yeah. got resources. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. It, I mean, I mean, you as a VAR, imagine being able to go mm. out and say, mm. like, all right, we, we're going to go collect data from 100 different people across an industry and all types of job types all across the country. Ain't going to happen. How long would that take you to do? How much effort <laughs> would you have to put into that? Uh, no, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah, do yeah. it for you. That's right. That's and right. We, That's what we we're the results. So as always, this article is already up on Blue Star Nation. Ah. Go to the show notes. There's a link there. All I right. mean, by now, you should be subscribed to Blue Star Nation. You, you better should, be. You should have the site bookmarked. You should be subscribed to the newsletter. If not, hit stop. Stop right now. Yeah, Go just do pause. that we'll right be, We'll be, we'll be here right we come here. back. Yeah, we'll I mean, or we could just banter about something else for a little bit. You know, just talk about the weather. <laughs> yeah. Go what's been going on in the news. Dang Kill it. maybe like, you know, five minutes or so and mm, then come yes, back. Yes, no, yes, we're not going to do that. Yeah, but, right. uh, so, okay. So this time the topic, though, is one yes. that is near and dear to my heart. Mm. Okay. And I believe yours as well. <laughs> Self-service. <laughs> Oh, no. It's much closer to your heart, I believe, yes. The mm. idea of being able to walk into any kind of establishment, yep. not have to speak to a single human being, get all of my business <laughs> done, take care... Because why rely on someone else when you can just take yes. care of things yourself? The fools behind the counter, yeah. <laughs> but those people work very hard. They I get do. it. I they was do. one of them once upon a time, too. Yes, but, yes, yes, yes. But also, I'm someone who, you know, again, I can take hey, care of you got of a mission. Stuff. You're walking in. You get your stuff. You're walking out. Yeah. Frictionless. Let's go. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is a survey that ELO sponsored for us. Ah, thank you so thank much, you, ELO, ELO, for sponsoring yeah. that. There you and go. So they're d- double dipping in this episode. They sponsor a survey. They sponsor the podcast. I Holy mean, moly, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, just so, like everything's coming up ELO on this one oh, here. We so, like it. But we like it. We got some good stuff here. We're going to talk. Obviously, we're going to get into our methodology behind this. We're going to talk about expectations for cost from customers, how much they think self-service deployment should cost. There's a disconnect on that We're going to talk about what they think is useful about self-service and why they are basically deploying it. Fair enough. Uh, We're going to talk about their current usage, where they're currently using it, Mm -hmm. uh, what do they think are the biggest benefits that they get from it, Mm -hmm. uh, who handles self-service within their Mm -hmm. facilities, uh, and also some, you know, where they see some technical issues and problems, you know, when they go out there. Are we going to get into the John Martin top three self-serve areas or places? to go like that you think of have it right um you know or maybe we'll save that till later i didn't think about that ahead of time but off top of your head you could i'll give it some thought on places that are are really good again if i can walk in well i'm sure you rate them do my business and walk out without speaking to a single human being i figure well you're like my son rating chipotle's and my daughter rating which which hamburger my wife makes fun of me that all the time about that stuff because i am that person like someone sends me a survey i fill it out there you go even if there's no incentive i'm just like yeah I'll let you know how you did. I'll also let you know how you didn't do. <laughs> now, granted, I'm not out there on like Yelp leaving like awful reviews and yeah, these well. guys are jerks. Don't ever go right. there. Well, I'll we, do that, we need I, your top. But three. I'll give you the the personal feedback. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Good. good. Uh, all that plus our usual value to the bar. What's tech connecting with us? It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, Dean, let's get into yes, it Yes, sir. Let's talk about uh, this this survey that we've got up here. It's uh, 100 retailers told us about self-service technology use in their stores. 
So again, a hundred people—that's a pretty that's a good. That's a pretty good swath of people. Oh yeah. And, and and when we get into the you know who we talk to, you mm-hmm. know, we, we covered a lot of a lot of ground here, a lot of different business types. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I, this is a pretty thorough survey to understand what might be going on in mm-hmm. the world of retail when it comes to self-service. So mm-hmm. so let's start off by getting into our methodology here. Oh, now before we do that, can I set the table a little uh, okay. bit? Okay. All friend? right. Let's hear. Because I have some additional little uh, statistics. Okay. To throw on uh, on the countertop before it. we get into TG our is research. There you go. This doesn't happen too often. So, so according to some surveys, 70, 73% of retailers plan to increase their use of self-service technology within three years. Makes right? sense. That makes a lot of sense. In a study conducted by Sodi, who's one of those vendors that we uh, we work with, 66% of respondents said they prefer to use self-service technology for tasks like Price checks, we'll get into that. Yep, Inventory yep. lookup and product information. And I think you are definitely a part of that 66% that rose their hand and said, yes, count on me for self-service yes, technology. Yes, please. Yeah. According to VDC, and everybody knows who VDC is in this industry, self-serve checkout solutions can improve checkout speeds by up to 40%. Seems like a bold claim, but 40%? All right, we'll go with that. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, that very much depends on who's doing yeah. the checking out. There obviously. you go, right? I've yeah. seen plenty of people go up to these self checkouts and go, "Oh, I don't know." <laughs> That's generational. You're being mean to in an ageist at this point in time. I suppose I am. <laughs> Someday <laughs> someone's gonna say that about me. Like, look at this old coot can't figure out how to use VR. You know. <laughs> And here's you. A study by two more. A study by NCR found that 73% of customers believe self checkout improves their shopping experience. Right, that's you. I can. And then here is back to your generational thing. A survey by RIS News and IHL Group: 69% of Gen Z Gen Z shoppers and 62% of millennials prefer self service options over traditional checkout methods. So there you go. So it's that younger group, right? That's what I was talking about. Those people want this. Oh, you are younger. Group, I guess. You yeah, know, I'm you want like, this I'm the young edge of Gen X, I guess. There you go. Yeah, there okay. you go. All right. Now, with all that having been said, okay. we asked 100 people. Yes. Yeah. 100 people. Now, who yeah. are those people? Obviously, there you go. we want to know who do we talk to. So, on the job seniority side, 76 of the respondents were managers or directors. Mm-hmm. Their job functions were spread across IT operations and regional and store level management, typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the number of employees that work for these companies, now we actually made an effort here to go out and talk to retailers who had at least 100 or more employees. Yes. So more than half of the total people we talked to were from companies that actually employed 500 or more. Which is big. Yes. Yep. So these were quite large companies. And I Absolutely. guess if you start from the 100 level, that was almost like 75%, I think, mm-hmm. of the the overall um, amount of folks were from companies that employed 100 or more people. So again, we wanted to make sure we were talking to some of the big, larger chains here. We yeah. got a few small ones in there too, but again... The larger chains are typically where a lot of the self-service is happening that at least would potentially already have it in place yeah. to answer some of these questions. Yeah. Uh, as far as business type, this, again, was a, quite across the board. I recommend you check out the article to see the the swath of different types of companies. But uh, the the top two were general merchandise and electronics. We also had quite a few from, uh, from clothing and apparel, mm-hmm. supermarket, grocery, and home goods, mm-hmm. and then a scattering of other responses from other industries or other types yeah, of Yeah, but really well. well represented. Very right? much so, I mean, we've yeah. got all, all kinds of stuff going on here. Yeah, drug exactly. stores, yep. clothing apparel, hardware stores chimed in here with six yep. solid. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, and then we also had a question about you know your invo- their involvement in technology decisions in their business, and overwhelmingly the responses were that they were either the primary decision maker for technology or part of a group that made those decisions. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. again, I think we're we we tackle the right kinds of people here. A broad yep. swath, swath of industries. Uh-huh. 
folks in IT operations, large retail companies that probably already have implemented self-service in some way or another, mm-hmm. and the folks who are actually make this technology decisions. So yeah. that's yep. your that's your background of who we actually spoke with here. Yeah, and a little bit more on the call out there. You know, even though I guess it, you said we were targeting larger ones right. on this one, we did have a handful of people that are well, uh, uh, three <laughs> that were in the uh, eleven to fifty yeah, employees. Yeah. But but I'm going to harp on them a couple times in this survey because I think that their responses shine through in a couple of areas. Um, So that's good. And I also like the fact that, man, we got a lot of decision makers. When you look at that chart, um, my calculation is that about 86% were part of either, you know, what, what do we call it, primarily responsible or part of the group that yep. makes the decision. So when you got oh, close to 90% of these people are decision makers, that's yep. good. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. That's who you want to so talk to. That's, that's why it, that's exactly. these are the people you want to hear from. You want to know what they're doing. Yep. All right. So the first big question we asked, which I think is a, an interesting eye-opening one, I think you're going to have probably some thoughts on this, is mm. we basically asked, what would you expect to pay for self-service technology. Yes. And obviously, this is kind of a difficult question to put out there because, yeah. you know, some people just may not know or maybe the, the you know, you could you could lead them to options if you wanted to. We mm-hmm. wanted to try to make mm-hmm. you know, give people some options. And really, the options we gave were mostly around different types of self-service technology and said, all right, let's say you're implementing a price checker, a okay. self-price checker. How much do you think that would cost to implement. Now, my question to you is, I don't know here, did we give them like a range of price? Um, or did they, was this like a handwritten that in area? I do thing? not know. Okay. Um, I feel like this may be in kind of a fill-in because we did average cost estimates across respondents. Oh, nice. Uh, so I, I feel like maybe this may have been more of an open Well, then that, that's good. So, that's good. Now, I, if you know, maybe we, we put out a, a retraction of that later if I found out otherwise. <laughs> but I wasn't involved in this particular <laughs> survey, so I don't know what, gotcha. what we actually gave them there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Let's just go from kind of like lowest amount to highest here. Uh-huh. Uh, the average cost that uh, people said that they expected that would expect to pay for a price checker was mm-hmm. around twenty eight hundred. Yep. For a product info kiosk, forty two hundred. Yep. Self checkout, forty six hundred. Yep. A wayfinding kiosk, fifty six hundred. Right. And for a Bopus buy online pickup and store locker system, mm-hmm. seven thousand. Yeah. What's your thoughts on these? Well, so I thought a lot of them were dead on the price checker, the product info kiosk. And the wayfinding kiosk seemed reasonable. That mm-hmm. seemed like, you know, those were pretty good. And then the self-checkout, though, at that one, at, at four, you know, basically four and a half grand, I'm like, mm, no. Because, it, you know, I, I believe the average cost of a self-checkout is considerably more than That's that. what I thought. A single lane, you're going you're gonna to be at a minimum 15K, I'd say. You know, pro- not even programmed. Like, right, that's just right. the unit. Like, it's... And, and you can get into, does it take cash options? And that's going to add right, on to it and stuff right. like that. But I'll say, just in general, you're probably looking closer to thirteen, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 just for the unit. In fact, the average cost of a four-lane system is $125,000. So I think there was a, a disconnect on the self-checkout. Yeah, a little but misconception there, potentially. I don't know if they were oversimplifying. I mean, a lot of these people that responded, to your point, are part of larger retail establishments. Right, right. So they should know that this isn't... You know, I'm trying to think back in some of the early days when self-checkout was being implemented. It was it was like literally a computer with a barcode scanner. Right. And, 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 you know, you had to like, there was a mouse there too. Right. It's like, dink, and then you're you're like clicking on checkout. Right, right. And, you know, do you can, okay, that could be pretty cheap. Yeah. As, as a self-checkout. And maybe that's it. Maybe when some of these folks first implemented self-checkout, mm-hmm. it was relatively inexpensive. And let's be honest, there is some places that are still using kind of outdated, not, yeah. like not technology that's not still working, but... 
a little bit on the older side where you can tell, mm-hmm. like, hey, there's much better, newer options than this, and faster options potentially at this point. And I think those are a little bit more expensive. Right. I mean, again, I would put that at a minimum of, like, whatever, 13, 14 grand to right. do that. Right. Uh, so that's the big disconnect I had on this particular one. I just, I don't, I don't, you know, I felt like there was a little bit of a disconnect. But now, on the Bopus lockers, I honestly don't know what a system like okay. that would go for. Um, seven grand seems reasonable at a minimum, right. uh, because I know that you're obviously getting into RFID technology and, and things of that nature. So Just like yeah, the maybe. infrastructure of that seems like it might be a little costly. Exactly. You know? so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, But, uh, but overall, I mean, I, I think it's good that for the, for the majority of this, they're, they're connected to what the price would be, right? And yep. so they kind of understand. I know we're going to get into, like, uh, who who those people are yeah, here yeah. in just a second. Yeah. Exactly. So. so another question we had here that I, I found kind of interesting is basically asking about the usefulness of technology. Like, yep. do you think self-service is useful for your business? And mm. again, overwhelmingly, there was positive responses here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the total, let's see, of, of everybody here um, said... Fifty-three percent of respondents uh, indicated that self-service was critical for their business. I'm yep. sorry, that was actually just from the electronics sector. Oh, so, ah. so when we look overall here, just on the overall totals, again, the vast bulk of folks here that said oh, yeah. critical or very useful to their business was a combined over ninety percent. Yeah, it was ninety-three percent. Ninety-three percent of respondents said that that self-service was critical or very useful. Six mm-hmm. percent said nice to have, and there was one single response <laughs> that said it's not relevant now, or applicable. Back to my earlier comment, I think that's the really small Probably. retailer. It's yeah. like it's me. I don't need this. It's yeah. me in my store. What do I? Right. <laughs> no, I need a self-checkout lane. Yeah, for. exactly. I yeah. sell five items. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But again, the other part of this though is that when we distilled down a little bit further and made mm-hmm. connections between the actual, you know, industry segments, retail segments and mm-hmm. stuff. Apparently electronics, overwhelmingly 53% of them said that self-service was critical in their business. Home goods reported the same at 50%. Yeah, total. right. Now, I find that one interesting because I do feel like a lot of home goods places where some were outside of after groceries, grocery mm-hmm. obviously was the earliest adopter mm-hmm. typically for self-service. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I saw, saw it more often than not in home goods stores before it started spreading out a little bit wider. Ah, like I remember okay. like Home Depot, for instance, yeah, right. implementing it, self-service oh, for sure. very early for sure. on. For sure. And, as, and it was a kind of a place that I didn't necessarily expect to see mm-hmm, that. It was mm-hmm. like, well, that's kind of cool that they're doing that here. Especially some of it can be bulky stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, you know, oh, I got this bag of cement. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and they were, but they also, when they rolled it out too, it typically seemed like they rolled it out in, in a smart way where they, you know, they made sure there was a barcode scan yes, that could easily right. be taken Easy, yep, and scanning mm-hmm. and stuff. So yep. they recognized, you know, that potential for bulky yep. big items. There, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But electronics, I guess, actually I find electronics kind of interesting that they are, find it critical to their business. Yeah. Just I, I think I, they figure, well, go ahead. No, I would say, I just feel like electronics is always a more sensitive and secure type of. Absolutely. And I know people sometimes think that self-service is more rife with potential for theft. Yes. Oh, it is. And, and probably, I mean, you know, obviously I it, it is. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I find it interesting that, that electronics retailers were much more inclined, mm-hmm. you know, were, were at least half of them much more inclined to say that it was critical to their business. Yeah. It's not just a good thing to have. I think they're more inclined to have to portray themselves as being cool or that's, being on the bleeding true. edge of technology. Yeah. Right? I mean, who wants to go to a high-end 4K TV <laughs> electronic store? We're and... going to need you to pay that with a check. <laughs> and you got to stand in line over here because we got one cashier. 
Um, <laughs> that would be a bit of a check. I wasn't even thinking that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Hold on. We got to yeah, confirm I guess your that, check. That Hold would, on. That would kind of put a little bit of cramp in your status as a high-end uh, you know, uh, technology you yeah, know, company. Yeah, absolutely. So, but right. overall, I think this confirms that you know uh, retail sees the value here, obviously, in self-serve, yep. right? Yep. I mean, there's clearly seeing the, is seeing the value of it. Now, I am going to go back a question, though, okay. because I felt like you know they see that the, the need for it, but I do think that they're over uh, oh, over ambitious no overly stating how satisfied customers are with self-service <laughs> technology because we asked that question overall right, how right. satisfied are you are your customers I'm sorry with self-serve technology in your store now of all the respondents uh, I think it was 96% of them so 96 people said they yep. were either somewhat satisfied or very satisfied now come on I mean, I love selves, and only three were neutral. And by the way, nobody said that their customers were unsatisfied or very unsatisfied. Right, right. That's BS, right? I mean, clearly, somebody, some of their customers are not really satisfied. Yeah, I kind of—that's kind of why I skipped that question because <laughs> I looked at it and I go, "This what? Well, no, this is from I guess from the perspective if if we're talking about the perspective, perspective of the retailers, right? right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, they but just think everything's hunky dory. But I guess that's the and that can be an important point of like why you need to make sure you are bringing yes. in the right solutions because yeah. Yeah. they think oh any old self service will do and my customers are going to think it's great. <laughs> Whereas we as consumers know that there are some times that the self service experience is not good at all. That's it. Like you may that's appreciate it. that it's there and you start using it, you go no nah, yeah. this is this is garbage. Yeah. This. Or at least I don't know that I would make that bold claim. Like they're just they're very satisfied right, right. with Mars. Yeah. We got the best self check out. Yeah. just love it. I don't know. So anyway, I wanted to question you that a little bit. Scan your <laughs> box of crackers six times to make it go through. <laughs> Very satisfied. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next up, we also asked basically like because we need to dive in further and find out like, hey, what types of self service technology yeah, 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 are yeah. you using in yeah. your business? This one I found the, fascinating. The top four choices here were self checkout, mm -hmm. which makes sense. Yep. Price checks. Which I honestly kind of surprised by. I'm going to stop you on the price checks. I'm like, who's using who uses I know. price? I go to Target. Well, Marco's raising right. his hand. You, I use them, but I don't know that I find them ubiquitously everywhere. Right. Like Target has one. I, I in my mind, Target's the only one with like that red price checker that's on a column somewhere right. Randomly that could just walk up the beep. store. But uh, but, but other again, than Target, just... name me one place that has a price checker. I don't know because again, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever used one. Exactly, maybe once Marco, or twice. You, you, you rose your hand. You use them, but can you think of places they are? Kroger, Kroger, Does really? Kroger in Iowa, have price checks. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, again, I don't go on Kroger that much. Dang. I'm, so I was I really, a price I'm, check I'm with you though. I was really surprised at how big of a number. That's sixty some odd percent. Yeah, wasn't it? I that think said so. that they have price checking technology in their stores. It's like. Whoa. 68. 68 of 100 today at price Believe checkers. you me, I'm going to be looking around. <laughs> now, all retailers, I, I go, where's the daggone but I price guess, checker? But I guess, again, that's where, again, where's our perception versus the reality of what's actually being used? Mm. Because I'd be curious to know how much those price checkers are in use. Right. Because yeah. I think, I feel like, I mean, I feel like most stores are pretty good about illustrating their price these days. Oh, sure. Yeah. And if they're not, or if, if it's either not, one, I don't know that people are thinking to go to check a price checker. Mm -hmm. Two... The people that might do it because they're not paying attention and don't notice the price, I feel like it's not the person also that would know to go look for a price checker. I don't know. It just feels to me like this is a technology. You're getting deep now I just on the really price wonder, checker. like, like I would, I would love to just like stake a claim one day, and just go find some of these stores, set up a camera, yeah, and just watch 
for like, I don't know, a week and find out like how many times did someone actually use, use this it. thing? Yeah. Oh, the, the data's there. I don't know. Maybe we need somebody like Tony Boncori to come in here Maybe. and say, oh, you guys are wrong, dude. Hey, guess what? We got a pod coming up with him in not oh, too long. Oh, we do can we? ask him about it. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah, there you go. All right. So anyway, I, I did, keep going. But I found that one <laughs> All right, yeah, a that, little I, suspicious I agree. myself. That, one, that yeah. one jumped out to me. Mm-hmm. Self-checkout made sense. That one was like, what? Yeah. The next two highest were information and self-order. Now, again, self-order, all right, I get that to some extent. Although, again, I, I do feel like that's something that's still growing more than it is. Mm-hmm. I mean... Again, I, I I can't think of too many places where I can go and actually order stuff from a kiosk. Mm-hmm. And I, I was going to say if we were counting like restaurants or stuff, but I don't think that was this included. Retail, we did right? standard yeah. retail. Mm-hmm. And I don't know of too many retailers that have the option to go place an online order at a kiosk yeah. in their facility either. So. Yeah, or maybe one that's not obvious, right? I mean, this gets to the endless aisle, like, oh, right. you don't have it in your store here. Just go to the kiosk and maybe... I don't know where I, it's just not obvious where yeah. it is. I went to a furniture retailer and it was fairly obvious in the front of the store. They had this big kiosk and touchscreen that you, you could walk up to, but it was used as a tool for the associates. Right, you know, right. oh, you like this, but it's not right here. Come on over to the kiosk. That's and show a good you. point. I wonder if that's considered as <clears throat> I think so. potentially you know, part of the, the anyway, option there. Yeah, because I could have ordered, I could have hit the buy right, now right, button right. when she was showing it to us. But, yeah, that's yeah. a very good point. Anyway, a lot yeah. of those places, like you have that stuff set up for the associates, but not necessarily for the consumer facing. Bingo. So. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, a couple of the ones that kind of came, um, I, I mean, here's the thing I'm going to say low, mm. but yet all things considered, we're still pretty high percentage wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, were customer feedback surveys. Thirty-two <laughs> of hundred said they're doing that. Where again? Where? Where is that? Is it? Is it? Like, is did it just we? The, did the, we is, talk to like you know just high-end like retail <laughs> boutiques or something in Los Angeles and New York that's doing this stuff? Because I can tell you here in the Midwest, I've never had the option to fill out a survey or in a store. Could on, it be on a as simple as how is the bathroom and you just you just touch the happy face or the frowny face? But again, when have you ever seen that? <laughs> Well, uh, I'm not touching mean, something sitting by a bathroom. Uh, I know Come you're on. not touching them, but you know you see them in airports and stuff. You see them I all over the so. place. Maybe, yeah. maybe. And then smart lockers for Bopus. 29 out of 100 said that they were using smart lockers. I I find that hard to believe. I mean, again, the only, I think the only place I can think of where I've used one was Walmart. Walmart for sure. Um, I don't know of any other um, retailers mm. that I'm aware of. Well, there's the Amazon boxes. Marco's got them. Yeah, Lowe's. Lowe's. Lowe's, 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 Lowe's has okay. a pickup okay. locker now. So I yep. guess there are probably a few that are I doing I think they're it, starting but. to get there, but 29% to me did seem a little yeah. Yeah. heavy. I would I would have expected that to be sub 10%. Yeah. Yeah. And so. the absolute lowest that were under 20% were store mapping and wayfinding and gift registry. Yeah. Well, so, which again, know. the gift registry is one. Another one I would have thought would have maybe been a little bit higher, you know? But, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I suppose that's not something that like, there's only select types of stores that really need it. I don't yeah. think you need a gift registry at, you know, at Lowe's, for instance. You know? Oh, I would have. <laughs> you could have. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now. Oh, yeah, Marco's got one. <laughs> Dean, were you one of those guys when like, you know, you were filling out the baby registry, started putting stuff on there you wanted to? Like, it's for the baby. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this nice <laughs> sound system. It's yeah. for the baby. Baby needs a new drum set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was not that guy at all. No, never. In fact, I'm thinking of re- re-upping my vows with my wife. So there you, there just you go. <laughs> Get yourself a new gift registry. Anyway. Good, good yeah. call. Good yeah, idea. Yeah. All right. Any more thoughts on the, nope. the usage No, there? I got okay. nothing more there. Yeah. Uh, so next up, then, we took the next step, was asking about benefits. Like, So what do you see as the key benefits of mm-hmm. self-service technology? Uh, overwhelmingly, you know, there was there was a, actually quite a few good responses here. the The top two were reducing what reducing lines and wait times, 
and increasing customer convenience. Both of those were mid 60% responses on those. Now, did we give people responses here? Do you know? I know I, I keep asking so. you. I okay. There was, you know, okay. a selection of responses. That's why you see like, you know, more than 100 overall for these because yeah. we gave everybody the option to pick as many as they, mm-hmm. you know, as they wanted there. Uh, the next highest one after those two was increasing sales at 53%. Uh, and then both right around the 50% mark, easing the burden of staff shortages and improving in-store traffic. So uh, not all of these feel like they check out. Like, I mean, Oh, they like, do. It's like the standard talking points of, of what self-service yeah, technology Yeah, exactly. Like, there's do. nothing about this that was particularly surprising. No. The, uh, oh, except for the last one to me. Right. Well, not surprising, but understandable. Exactly. The two mm-hmm. lowest options here, 31% was <laughs> elevating the in-store customer experience mm-hmm. and at only 11% the cool, cool factor, factor of new tech. Yeah. Which I guess, you know, I, I imagine a major retailer is not bringing in new tech just because it's cool, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, there's got to be a business purpose behind it. it. It it just highlights the fact that obviously retailers think that it's kind of old news that, That's a that good this point. is yeah. technology and they're not doing it. Maybe there was a cool factor pre-pandemic or whatever and certainly right, maybe right. during a little during the pandemic but now it's like almost table stakes yep. to a certain degree so the so the cool factor has lost its luster yeah. clearly the uh, elevating here. in-store experience i found interesting too because i feel like mm-hmm. that's one that maybe 10 years from now you go back and ask that question mm-hmm. you might get a lot more people saying that that's an important part of why they have it mm-hmm. because again i mean here we are post-pandemic the drive to bring people back in store mm-hmm. i think Having this technology was a big part of that, like, hey, we know people want this, mm-hmm. but we keep talking about the idea that retail is getting more and more experiential, where going to a retailer needs to be an experience. For someone to bother stepping into a store, they need to have a an amazing reason to do so. It needs to be an experience. Yes. Not right. just a, here's our stuff, come buy it yep. if you want, and then yeah. get out. Yeah, yeah. But like, hey, <laughs> come in, you're going to have a fun time while you're here, and we're also going to sell yeah. you some stuff, too. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know... Self-service, you know, options Mm -hmm. only add to that idea of Mm -hmm. improving that experience where you can come in and, you know, and again, I think as more places like, you know, fold in that idea of, hey, come into our store. We don't really have a lot of stuff here, but you can design the perfect product for yourself. You can sift through options, you know, here. Like I think of, you know, I think we talked about this when we talked about the the experience on a previous episode. Mm -hmm. Like my wife and I went to a, you know, a furniture store, Mm -hmm. you know, several furniture stores. We were looking to buy some new living room furniture. And, you know, most of those places you walk into now, they've got those racks, those giant racks with all the fabrics. Mm, oh, yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To figure out the fabric, whatever. That's the kind of experience. I know, like, fabric, you know, there's a tactile sense mm, there, obviously. Mm, but mm. experiences like that, though, are something that I feel like you could find ways to make that more of an interactive self-service experience with kiosks mm. as a starting point. And mm-hmm. then maybe once you've kind of figured out your colors mm-hmm. and you know, general sense of patterns or whatever. Maybe after that, you kind of figure out a way to like bring out tactile experience or something. I got you. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe we're just going to invent something where you slip on a glove, <laughs> a VR glove, and you get the tactile experience. I would not doubt that at all. Ooh, that feels good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the hell? Why is this couch <laughs> sticking? <laughs> Oh, this is the pre-sticky toddler couch. Yeah, there you go. We just wanted to give you what it's going to feel like. <laughs> yeah, in, this is what your couch years. is going to feel like in three years after your kids get older. After it's yeah. worn a little bit. <laughs> Even though you, you tell them to stay away and not touch, and yet somehow. Now, what I, w- what I wish we had asked as a part of this question here is like something around the data. Like, What do you, what do you see mm-hmm. as part of the value right, or the benefit 
uh, is maybe extracting some of the data. Because when you look at some of the uses, right, that people are using it for, mm-hmm. like store mapping or wayfinding or customer feedback and stuff like that, you know, the power of self-serve, or at least to me, part of the power can be the data that you're getting out of it as far as how people are utilizing it, what are they what are they shopping for, those types of things. And and anyway, it would have been nice it would have been cool to like pepper that in here to see if anybody responded on that. Right, right. Um, but it equates to maybe the next question that we had in our survey about who. Yes, sir. Or so, which departments are so, involved. So, yeah, so we obviously we also, as we're talking about this and figuring <clears throat> out where their opportunities might lie for our yes. bars to figure out, all right, I'm equipped with this info. What do I do with it? We also asked what department owns the implementation of self-service technology <laughs> yes. within your company? So, and even 38% on both sides said on-site IT department mm-hmm. or the operations department, which I think mm-hmm. kind of would check out. Most people would probably assume, like, okay, that makes sense. They're the yep. folks that are doing that. Yep. I was surprised with this. 21% said the corporate IT team, which, yeah. again, I guess depending on the size of the retailer, you know, might have a, a corporate influence. Yeah, but, right. but I feel like they're more going to just be in charge of helping kind of, like, pick it out and maybe, like, push out, like, software or whatever versus mm-hmm. the implementation mm-hmm. aspect itself there. Yeah, so all right, all right. Maybe that's just my thought there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, but um, as we note in the article here, Cordy, James Cordy wrote this particular article. He says, um, if we're analyzing this input correctly, it follows that even with larger organizations, the hands-on work is being handled at the individual chain branch level versus mm. by the parent company. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he illustrates this by this could be good news for VARs and system integrators looking for inroads with larger retail organizations at the local level. I don't disagree I think with that's that. A, that's a, a really a, good a, insight. That's a good point. That like, you know, yep. yes, I know we think sometimes when you look at these, the big, mega, big box retailers, yep. like, yep. oh man, I've got to break in at the very top. And, you know, the only way you get something into all the stores is to do it from the top end. Mm-hmm. And yes, that may be true to, a, to an extent, mm-hmm. but I think we talk a lot about, you know, obviously, you know, we, learning how to dig into buying groups and figure out yep. where to start. Yep. And a lot of like the consultative selling model is finding like a champion or somebody that can work with you to help you take you to the top where you mm-hmm. need to go to pitch something. Mm-hmm. And again, I think if the folks that are in the trenches and dealing with this stuff or in the local stores or in the regional stores, and you can spend time with them and find out what they are frustrated by mm-hmm. or what's working for them or where they see needs, that's only can be good ammo for you that when you get that chance to make your case to the top dogs, you've got it backed up by like, hey, I've spent time with, you know, 10 members of your regional IT team. Yeah, right. And here's all the things that they told me mm-hmm. that I think we can we can help you out with mm-hmm. to improve your self-service experience, stuff yeah. like that. Which is a good angle because a lot of times you hear, especially in organizations that have, let's say, tens of if not hundreds of locations, the smart ones do allow for regional autonomy or local autonomy, right? Certainly in products and stuff like right, that. And sometimes right. in technology that is deployed uh, that's relevant to the local people, right? Yep. Um, now, what I thought was kind of a little bit of a ha-ha, and of course I'm in marketing, but only 1% <laughs> of, of the departments that own the implementation. Now, I understand that. I guess when you phrase it the way of owning it, I guess marketing's not going to be involved in owning it. Yeah, probably But, not. man, it's still, it made me laugh a little bit, and I think there's a little bit of a miss <sighs> because what I was indicating before around the data, you know, that this is where I think the part of the miss is, is that I mean, maybe the marketing teams are involved. I, God, I hope so, because <laughs> when you get into th- such things as user experience, I mean, now yeah, you're getting yep. into UI, yep. UX, you know, what does it feel? How did the customers interacting with it? What's our brand, you know, look like? Why and do we need to implement it to begin with? Why do we need to yeah. do it? Yeah. Uh, what is the workflow? And, you know, those and how do we tell people that we're, that, you're, that we're doing it? 100%, right? So, you know, I, I was surprised that the marketing was 
kind of so yeah. low there. But anyway. But, and you know, you're right, because another point I'll add there about, you know, just people even needing to know that you're offering self-service. Mm. How many times have you gone into a store and been like, oh, they got self-service here. I yeah. did not even did know. Did not even know. It, or right. it's like tucked mm. away somewhere where you had no idea. Yeah. I found myself going into my local huh. CVS a couple uh-huh. weeks ago to pick up some stuff. And I was on my way out, and I was like, you know, oh, I got to go up to the counter. And there was like a couple people waiting in line. And I look over, and near like the doors leading outside, there's a random self-service kiosk that had recently been added. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, oh, it wasn't by, back by the old Kodak. No, and the, I was like, I was, I was like, well, at least this is sort of in the right place. Although I, I did find it interesting that it was like almost like right by the doors. Yeah, right. I mean, like, it's like, like it's one of those things. I'm like, as Oops, I'm walking, I forgot up, to check out. I know, right out the door. Exactly. Yeah. But like, I but I, I found it interesting that it was there. I was like, okay, I had no idea you guys had this, and and there just wasn't a lot of signage around. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. you know, it just kind of like was there and had a little sign above it, like you know, check out here or something yep. and mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. screen that had like a giant camera on it showing you what you were doing was bigger than the signage indicating that it was even there but yeah yeah so yeah, yeah hopefully you know keep your keep the marketing folks involved because well and i think that there's a part to differentiate there like if the if marketing is mm. doesn't have a voice yet in this whole self-serve world use that as leverage you know yeah. talk make sure you're talking to those people because again the data angle can bring additional value into this self-serve world right, you know any right. of the data that you're getting out of it is going to be meaningful and and I, i'm sure they're going to want to quantify it yeah if they're not thinking about that already yep. so yeah exactly all right so next we asked him how is self-service hardware displayed in your business and basically meaning like you know what's the form factor essentially that you're rolling out your self-service with yep uh we kind of got a broad you know set of uh answers across the board here too but uh the the top one at uh 47 or i'm sorry 64 percent of responses was touch screens built and integrated into custom kiosks and enclosures Mm -hmm. Uh, which again i think would probably be the expectation because oh, I think sure. that can cover everything from like yep. a, a full size, you know, mm-hmm. grocery store checkout display or whatever to yep. an actual just, you know, purpose built kiosk that's, yeah. you know, got a scanner built into it and a, yep. and a printer or something. Yeah. Um, but we also have responses 48, 47, almost 48% said placed on a countertop, mm-hmm. 45% mounted on a wall, and the smallest amount was th- 39 or almost 40% said on a stand, which I kind of feel like, I mean, uh, I guess. I, I was surprised at the wall one. Yeah. To me. I, I was a little bit I mean, too. I can't remember a store that I walked into that had some type of self service apparatus that was wall mounted. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's, that has to be either a price checker, maybe. I don't know. Well, that's a good point. We, we establishes a lot more price checkers than we thought out walls there. Walls in so. retail, it's like the, you only have the four walls on the outside. And it's like, and I, like I, I think don't know. of like, and granted, we didn't get a lot of responses from grocery. It wasn't an overwhelming response. I know like yeah, in right. grocery stores, you'll see a lot of those like bill pay kiosks, mm-hmm. maybe, or like the coin oh, okay. you know, changer yeah, yeah, yeah. things or yeah. whatever. You know, there's up some, against the wall. Okay. But those are usually like kind of like Not uh, wall mounted. Know, yeah, I guess it's this more. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I don't necessarily <laughs> they're wall mounted anyway, per se. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a good, no, good no. question there. Yeah. I would have thought stands were a little bit higher. I was just when forty five percent say wall mount, I'm thinking, my gosh, I don't walk into forty five percent of a retail. This is probably the kind of the problem sometimes these surveys. Whereas, you, I mean, not that I'm saying I don't appreciate we do this, and I think there's a lot of useful data. Oh no, there's good stuff it. here. But yeah, let's yeah, be yeah. honest, because again, we're the marketing folks. Yeah, folks like us, if we were doing these surveys, we'd spend like an hour on the phone with these people because we just keep like asking you questions like. <laughs> What do you mean wall-mounted? What do you got wall-mounted? I've never seen a wall-mounted self-service in a retail store. I just wanted store. to yeah. answer the question. Like, sir, is this, is this one of your 30 questions? Like, yeah, this is this is 29.5. Yes. <laughs> 30A1. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. So, you know, you got you, no. you, you to do what you can when you've got a, a certain pool of questions. Absolutely. For, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, and then finally, a couple last couple things I wanted to kind of put together here. So mm. we talked about the deployment options, but I also wanted to add in the idea of technical problems because yes. that's obviously important a lot to our VARs. Is like, yeah. hey, where do people where do people have problems that mm-hmm. maybe we can help them solve? So, mm-hmm. so we asked, how often do you experience technical problems with your self-service systems? And this is another fascinating response. Absolutely. Where 96% of respondents were at least somewhat satisfied. Mm. But as Cordy noted in the article here, that does not correlate to how often they ran into technical problems That's with right. their deployment. <clears throat> That's but right. still, a, an overwhelming majority basically said like, you know, we, we, we're pretty, we're pretty happy with, you know, mm-hmm. we're with our self-service overall, mm-hmm. but when we drill in a little bit further and say, all right, how often do problems actually occur? That's where you get a, a, a few more issues. Now, granted, 43% still said rarely or only a few times a year do they encounter issues, right. which is good because is, if yeah. our VARs are out there deploying this software or companies like ELO, I was going to say, clearly partners, those are the people that are using ELO. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like clearly like it's, <laughs> it's, it's working and they like it and they're not having many problems with it, right. which is ideal. You don't want to give somebody a, a solution that mm-hmm. is going to have these regular problems. Mm-hmm. But uh, the next highest was 26% said they were experiencing problems monthly, mm-hmm. and then 12% each said daily and weekly. Very few, only 6% said never. So mm-hmm. no one's completely immune to this. No, but I think there's good opportunity here. If you there if you is. combine the daily and the weekly, that's 24%, almost 25% of people are experiencing issues with their technology right. weekly. So clearly they're not using ELO. But anyway, <laughs> you know, there, there's an opportunity knowing that, you know, a significant portion of those that have implemented, even though they might be satisfied, right. you could plant the seed of doubt, right. you know, and saying, well, okay, you're satisfied. I get it. But are you experience? How often do you experience this? Right. And if they come back, 25% of them are going to say, you know, yeah, weekly, at least we're doing something with that thing. Hey, we can help you yeah, mitigate. That, that should that. be less. There's your end. We can at least yeah. get you down a monthly, but more like <laughs> once or twice a year. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought because I, I felt the same way. I'm like, there's, there's, I think it's it's like a lot of things. People have thresholds for pain, yes. you know. Oh, and especially clearly. in the world of tech, we've we've learned to have thresholds for technology issues. Mm-hmm. It's like you know that day when a website's slow to load, or mm-hmm. when you try to watch your favorite show and the streamer takes a few mm-hmm. minutes to load, mm-hmm. or crashes mm-hmm. and you got to reboot or something. Yeah, we've all built a little bit of that expectation of all right, things aren't always going to be perfect into our into our lives. But yeah. I think sometimes that might be where this conversation comes in where folks are saying like, hey, we're very satisfied with it, even though we're having a weekly issue with mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you don't have to settle for that. Right. Like, it can yeah. be better than that. Yeah. And let us help you get to there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The two extra things I wanted to add here was that um, of those that reported monthly issues, supermarket, grocery, and department stores showed up most frequently. But mm. the, but as Courtney notes, the margin was narrow and spread somewhat evenly. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so those are the ones that you see the most likely. There you uh, go. Uh, Good stuff. For. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. very thorough uh, again, another very thorough survey here. Yes. Um, you know, Good stuff. In, in Cordy's summary here, he notes that 24% of responses indicating daily or weekly technical issues indicates that local technical support is a mm-hmm. possible foot in the door angle for VARs and SIs looking to get a foot. I kind of probably like, you know, preambled our, our value of VAR there, but <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> didn't really think to do that. We can, we can just skip that portion entirely now. Uh, so. So, but I, but he, he makes a very good point there. Like, yeah. if you're looking for a way in, that's probably the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, we'll see if we have a, any additional value to the VAR here in a moment. But um, as always, want to thank the sponsors yes. of the Tech Connect podcast and our Tech Connect program. Big thanks, of course, to Elo, who is one of those sponsors. 
uh, has always been a supporter of our show, and we appreciate them sponsoring this survey yes. as well. Hopefully, they get some good data out of that Absolutely. that they can share out with their folks too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and again, you know, check out the link in the show notes. You're, you'll find the Blue Star Nation article, the specific overall article, so you can dive deep into that data yourself. Make sure you subscribe to that. Make sure you're following and subscribe to us on LinkedIn. Always a great place when we do these surveys. Mm-hmm. We always put up several posts about them there so people know that it's out there. Yep. Uh, follow us on YouTube uh, because that's where you find this podcast, other cool videos we're putting out there. Like and subscribe to the show. Leave us reviews, please. We It's it's very important for us. We just talked about this idea. Yep. I, yeah, we I did. just mentioned earlier, like, I'm a survey guy. Yeah. I don't mind giving people feedback mm-hmm. because I know how much I appreciate having feedback about that's the things right. that I'm doing. And that means I'd like to have feedback from you guys about the podcast. I mean, it can be as simple as like, hey, you guys are doing a great job. If that's mm-hmm. all you want to say, yep. fine. Great. At least I know. <laughs> you know. If you're all sitting out there going, man, these guys suck. I don't yeah. know why I've listened to this show for over 150 episodes. <laughs> I doubt that's happening. But I yes, kind of doubt yeah, it, yeah. too. But even so, we want to hear about it. So let us know. Drop us a line. Uh, of course, if you have ideas for the show, think about these surveys we're doing, all right? We're doing lots of this good end user stuff. Cordy was just reaching out to the team today mm-hmm. and saying, hey, we need some ideas for new yep. Blue Star Nation content. That's right. If you have thoughts on that, yeah. if there are topics Chime you would up. like us to be writing about, if there mm-hmm. are surveys you'd like us to be doing, end-user stuff you want us to find out about, industries you want us talking about, you know, maybe just deep dives into topics that we, we can unleash we can the Kraken for you, yes, yeah. and get that information. Tell us about that stuff, because if we do it on the blog, we're probably going to talk about it here on the podcast, too. 100%. It's a, it's a, it's a direct line that I look at and go, all right, new story, new podcast. <laughs> uh, it's, I let Cordy do the work for me sometimes on yeah. this, if I'm not right. the one doing it myself. So uh, please send in those submissions. Uh, there's always a link in the show notes to drop us a line and tell us what you want to hear about on the show. Just for doing it, we'll send you a podcast T-shirt. What? Yep. Yep. Simple as that. You get nice a new T-shirt, t-shirt. Just, yep. for, just for telling us what you want to hear about on the show. There you go. Uh, and as always, if you want to stay in touch with us here on the podcast, you can find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also email us, TechConnect at BlueStarInc.com. All right, Dean, let's wrap up here. Okay, I, again, I kind of took away, took a little thunder out of value of the bar here. My question was like for, you know, for retail, yes, EOS, digital yes, display bars. Right. What do you think are some of the key takeaways? Was there anything besides the idea of like, hey, go out there and, you know, talk to these local folks well, and their support? absolutely. You should be doing that. But overall, you know, with the statistics that we did at, at the at the front end here, you know, self-serve technology and the use of technology continues to expand uh, within retail. Uh, you know, there's such, such things as people are implementing loyalty program access or personalization of certain items. So there's a kiosk that you can do that with. So it's just knowing that, you know, the, the this technology continues to expand. There's use cases for it. You need to be in the game, right? Yep. You, you need to be in the game, whether it's self-serve or it, something simple like a price checker that apparently are all <laughs> around there. You should be in that game and just know about the technology that's happening. But you know what? A price checker can probably have an elevated game these days. Like imagine a price checker. Like it doesn't just give you the price. It shows you all the cool benefits. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Gives you like some kind of like 3D. You got to get the marketing department in there. Color options. Absolutely. Let you order it if you don't, if they don't have the one you want. Yep. Yep. There yep. you go. That's yeah. how we can. Or here, I'm step doing the price, price checker. checker. Would that be a timely place to throw a coupon at them or ah, something like that? Go, oh, yeah. I don't know. Interested you know. in buying this? Here's ten percent <laughs> off. I like it. Perfect. See, yeah. see. Yeah. Are we in marketing? Yeah. I think. I think we, I think we are. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, I will pretty much agree with that. And the only other thing I'll add too is when we talked kind of at the top a little bit about um, the the idea of. Oh man, I lost my train of thought there. Um, Man, I totally lost my oh, train did of you? thought of that no. one. Well, so maybe we can move on from that. Yeah. If I think about it in a moment, I'll throw it back out there again. Yeah, well, anyway. But again, I, oh, okay, I know what I was going to say. Just the idea that 
these these integrations, these these self serve, you know, whatever mm-hmm. they are, whether it's kiosk, Walmart, or whatever, it's a again, like we always talk about, it's a Novars and Island kind of thing. Oh yeah, right. Where it's going to take a lot of parts and components and mm-hmm. pieces to it. Mm-hmm. And again, lean on your overall channel here to help yep. you out with this stuff, to help you connect you to the right software providers, to help 100%. connect you with the right manufacturers. Yeah. Folks like Elo are very well experienced mm-hmm. in in this whole self service deployment. It's a mm-hmm. big part of what they're doing in their business. Don't hesitate to reach out to those folks to get help with yep. these these yep. Th- things. They got um, great people. They got great people. Great technology. Folks like there that. you go. So, maybe yep. we can maybe we can edit out my brain fart there. So <laughs> it's not something Marco does. He's like, nope. I like nope. making y'all look foolish. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's wrap up as always with what's tech connecting with you. Our favorite segment where we get to talk about just anything we feel like in the world of science, tech, innovation, business. And we just feel like chatting about today. Dean, what's that connecting with you right now? Well, I got two of them for you today here, brother. Have you ever tried to track somebody? Uh, yeah. Like Life 360 or something like that. I'm, um, like my wife and I do the whole find my iPhone yeah, thing. Yeah, find my you own phone. So yeah, yeah. Have you, you ever know, keep an eye on each other on our well, travels and stuff? Have you ever had uh, like maybe not the best experience with that? Or have you ever been in a big city and GPS can't find you? Oh, like yeah, you're going yeah, down yeah. A, the caverns and it oh, thinks yeah. that you're in suddenly in St. Louis or right. something. You're trying like to come that. out of a parking garage and yep. they can't, can't figure there it out. There you go. You're in a parking yeah. garage. You're okay. You're trying to put in where's my next destination and it thinks you're, I don't know. Not anywhere near where you're at. Or you turn left because it told you to turn left and it immediately switches and it's like, do a U-turn. <laughs> Researchers have demonstrated proof of concept wireless navigation system using cosmic rays or particles known as muons. Mm, okay. Uh, okay. Which would, you know, these systems would allow for underground or inside building navigation, right? So the, the shortcomings of GPS are just that. You, it, right. it, you can't send those signals through big walls, right. water, you know, or if you just get into a place with bad cell service. <laughs> exactly. You know? yeah. But apparently, cosmic ray murons fall equally across the Earth consistently, all the time. Okay. Uh, and so, how does it work? Well, this muron detector uh, is, is used. And, and by the way, they're using them all today in like archaeological, easy for me to say, <laughs> sites uh, where they're finding like new caverns and tombs Crazy. and See, stuff now, like Jurassic that. World, muons. 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 Yes. Or it's even being used to detect nuclear materials at borders. Who knew that? Okay. I, I didn't even know good, really what a muon was. Good to be tracking was. that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, so there is use cases where it is being being used, but there is one particular problem here Uh-oh. is that it comes in muon, muon wireless navigation needs high precision quartz clocks, receivers, transmitters, all this kind of stuff. So I'm sure that's it, super cheap. Exactly. Yeah. It's not quite the nirvana that, you know, you can't just send up satellites <laughs> beaming down signals. You actually have to set up this infrastructure like around a pyramid and then it can help you see into mm-hmm. it. So maybe, maybe not. It had me all so excited. Maybe we just need like, to still just drive out of the parking garage. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for the GPS Wait for to the figure GPS. it out. Yeah. Now, as you're doing that, and, and this is going to air post uh, uh, July 4th, correct? Yes. So did you Just buy a chance? Or maybe you get a chance, and my second tech connecting with me is is consuming cola chup. C- cola chup? Cola chup. Not ketchup. Cola chup. So okay. cola chup is Pepsi is introducing oh, cola chup, a cola-flavored condiment. The company that brought you Pepsi. <laughs> except didn't call it that. They just call it like... 
peep flavored Pepsi or something. Now wait a minute, Marco might be into this because I think he likes uh, you like Pepsi's. Is it not what is nitro? It? Nitro. I like that stuff. That stuff's well, good. Well, okay. So, well, if you drink Pepsi Nitro, maybe you'll give Cola Chup a, 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 a chance here. So it's a new condiment developed by Pepsi and the CIA. Stay by in the your way, lane, Pepsi. Not not the CIA, <laughs> CIA, the Culinary Institute of America, which is the bomb. I mean, that's like okay, the highest okay. estrogen, right? It'd be funny uh, if it was the actual CIA. <laughs> Cola Chup is made with a Pepsi reduction, so you got to take the Pepsi and you got to reduce it. Why I, why I got a Spanish or a French accent? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> you you got to reduce it. Smoked tomatoes, c- ketchup. Uh, oh, they do put ketchup in it. And a delightful blend of cloves, cinnamon, thyme, oregano, and paprika. There you go. No, oh, but by the way, you can only get this in four Major League Baseball parks over the 4th of July weekend. So if you were at Chase Field, Yankee Stadium, Target Field in Minneapolis, or Comerica Park in Detroit, maybe you had you some All right, Cola if you chup. got to check out Cola Chup, yeah, let send us, us know. a message and let us know. <laughs> I'll give you a podcast t-shirt just for telling us that you tried it. <laughs> Go. I want to try you gotta, it. You got to send me the proof there. You got to send me the ticket. You there know? you go. Yes, right? Yeah. Show me, Smeared with show, cola chump. Show me the proof <laughs> that you did that. I mean, I would try it. Yeah, I agree. I would try it. I mean, I'm always interested Why not? In, in new. Like, I'm, I love an interesting gourmet sauce, yeah. you know? like I'm, Actually, I'm I think I've had it before that. because I guarantee you I've, I've spilled a Pepsi on my hot dog at Probably. some point that had ketchup on it. Yeah. Same effect. Well, I mean, I know like there's a lot of people who will use like cola in baking, you know? Like, ah, you can make like, you know, a, point. A brownies, like, you know, with like a cola base and All different right. types of breads and stuff so yeah, i can maybe see, it's not as ridiculous as i yeah, i can see first i don't read. i don't know that pepsi needs to go out of their way to produce this themselves <laughs> like it could be just like just or the a, C- sounds like a bit of a diy recipe to me frankly but. no doubt and the, it, the culinary institute got involved here come on now that's like putting the big old stamp of approval you, on it you know what this is because Uh-oh. i don't know if you've heard it, like tiktok has become like a place where people experiment with all different kinds of like okay. food like there's a whole entire because there's all these interesting sh- sub genres on tiktok yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's one that's people just making strange food concoctions from stuff like they this? have around yeah. their house. Yeah, okay, yeah. got it. So I guarantee you, because there was mm. there was a whole thing like a year or so back about pink sauce, this this <laughs> strange stuff called a pink sauce that people didn't know what it I actually see. was that I people were, were making and talking about on TikTok. Got this it. feels like Pepsi trying to cash in on something. I like got that. you. Like, well, here's, you go. here's our TikTok-worthy new condiment that we're going to throw <laughs> out there. Go get yourself some cola chup. Cola chup. At Comerica Park. Okay, what's tech connecting uh, with you? All right, so we've heard of the Internet of Things. Yes, IoT. We've heard about you know all these things about you know even like you know IIoT, the oh, yes, industrial of Internet of Things, mm-hmm. ways that you can keep track of you know uh, you know people as a society and our, mm-hmm. our you know our, our patterns and our movements, ah, and yes. ways to improve our society. Sensing well, technology. Apparently, yeah. now they have the Internet of Animals, or they're trying to grow oh, the what? Internet of Animals. What? Yeah, so this is an interesting article I came across from uh, who is this from NC from uh, North Carolina State University. All right, that talked about how it's called how linked data artificial intelligence could help animals. Hmm. And basically, what they're saying is there's already a lot of different animal researchers or researchers in nature that you know are collecting lots of great data. But they're saying, hey, it's time for us to start ah. putting this data together. It's time for us to start sharing this data. I got you. And building out an infrastructure and you mm. know a, a cloud, you know, mm-hmm. where we can all start sharing this mm. data and use it to find you know to understand more about animals. Help animals for conservative, you know, cons- conservation yep. for assistance with you know issues that they're I going got through. Climate this seems change, pretty intuitive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah so, yeah. so they're combining data and research around the world. Things they're studying, you know, they want to combine things like migration patterns, disease spread. A, a couple interesting examples they come up with. One, which makes sense here, being able to warn ships where whales are going. Hmm, what you know, makes sense if you're out if you're out in, you know on a ship or whatever you yeah, don't want to. Well, I would definitely want to come across some whales and run into them or you can cause some. Because I don't know if you've heard like 
There's a whole thing lately about with orcas that are apparently have oh. started training each other to attack ships. Oh no, I haven't like, read about that. Orcas have like found ships that they don't like. Oh, the animals are turning like, against it's us. Been finally. like actual whaling vessels, like oh, ones that are out there oh, sure. killing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. basically, like they they will spot them, find out that, that what they're doing, and they will go train other members of their herd to ram the boats to go attack these boats. Yeah, nice. So they're, <laughs> the the animals are starting to revolt. Folks, yes, you know? I think so. So maybe it's a good idea to learn where they're not, so we can steer clear of. <laughs> them and not caught, put ourselves in that situation. I like it. But the other example, which I found for to be interesting, was uh, is for, for bird migration. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's a big issue with birds when they're migrating, especially like in the early part of the day or late at night, okay. when they're flying over big cities that mm. have so much light pollution yeah, yeah. that it's it's disrupting their migration patterns or potentially uh, throwing them off and causing issues, or okay. they lose some of the, the flock as they're sure. moving through. Sure. So apparently, like as part of this research of being able to identify where birds are moving and where they're going, they can help cities identify when they do like basically what they call lights out mm. where they turn off a lot of the major lights mm-hmm. that otherwise are just burning just for no reason yeah, yeah. in order to help those particular spread of birds move through. So, so it'd be nice if like, you know, scientists in one area can say, Hey, we just spotted this whole migration pattern with these birds. Mm-hmm. They're heading up towards Philadelphia. I see. They're going to be moving through the Talk Philadelphia Talk about your real time information. Yeah. yeah. We need you guys to, you know, turn, Dim the down, lights a little turn bit. down the lights, you know, for a little while. You Brilliant. Know? Brilliant, so, brilliant, brilliant. Interesting stuff like that. Did you say this was the internet of what? The internet of animals. Oh, IOA. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah. Uh, all right, that uh, is what's tech connecting with us. Uh, it is time for us to unplug. Until next time, go out and, um, you know, uh, buy something, do something Get without some speaking up. to an single human being. Yeah. yeah. See if you can self-service some college up. <laughs> I do like I like the ballparks have a lot I do of like self service stuff. Yeah. Although I will find the last couple times that I've gone to Uh-oh. the Reds game, Uh-oh. not to call them out because uh-huh. our Reds are doing very very well right now. Yes, they are. Hopefully, this is still timely in in a week when this episode <laughs> comes out. Um, th- their self service, you know, buying stuff from your seat has Uh-oh. been a little lacking the last couple oh, times. Oh boy, we, Houston, kind of we have a problem. You go try to order something, it just spins. You can't oh, find your restaurant. I've had been like, all right, I got to actually get out of my seat and go oh, buy something. Stand in a line now. Customer satisfaction dipping. Just saying. Glad the team's doing I'm well. I'm not very satisfied with that at the moment. <laughs> very satisfied with my team, but not with being able to get Sour Patch so. Kids for my kid when he insists on it in the middle of the third inning. Nice. Even though he we just came back with a hot dog. Of course. Uh, yeah, and, um, you know, track some bird patterns and turn off the lights. <laughs> As always, folks, please stay connected. Technic Podcast is brought to you by ELO. All right, Dean, we just talked all about self-service. Yes, sir. Uh, it's it's important. It's yep. out there. It's, it's happening. out there. Ain't going anywhere. It. It's trickling its way down to some of the smaller SMB retailers, For sure. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has also never been easier. At least that's what ELO says, because they're kind of oh, the wait, experts. They have it. a solution for this problem? Uh, Dean, come on. Right. I mean, it's ELO. Yeah. Like, there's no there's no surprises there. <laughs> Unless this is your first time in the industry, the first time listening to this podcast, you've never heard of ELO. Yeah. ELO knows self-service. There you go. Uh, and particularly, uh, let's talk about ELO's, you know, not not brand new, but fairly recent, ELO's Wallaby Pro kiosk mm, stand. Yes. The Wallaby Pro is changing the industry by making it easier than ever to configure interactive self-service solutions. You can choose from wall, counter, and floor models engineered with configurations to fit any space in retail, restaurants, hospitality, healthcare, and corporate environments. Just add a 22, 24, or 27-inch touchscreen display. Nice. Now, if you're looking for some more options, mm-hmm. this is where your favorite oh, yes. comes Yes, in. yes, yes. Modularity. There it is. Bingo. Bingo. 
Uh, they offer things like a custom branded backer board. Nice. So, you know, you have to get that cool one that Absolutely. you want to you know, highlight your, you know, your, your services yeah. or like this yeah. is where you can find your yeah. stuff. See? Get the marketing you know? department involved. Can, yeah, there you go. Get those marketers involved, like we some said. Some value adds. And They'll there. help you put up a cool backer board. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, a ceiling pole to minimize nice. footprint. Nice. Very important. Yeah. Uh, and a printer. Oh. ADA keyboard. Nice. Assist button. Yes. Uh, you can use Elo's Edge Connect to attach accessories also. Yes, I like oh, it. Oh, and the uh, Wallaby Pro Stand offers easy-to-access concealed housing for a power strip, power bricks, compute devices, cables, whatever you need. You got to make it look good. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Clean you, that you, up. You don't want to have some no. random kiosk with no. a bunch of cables sticking exactly. out of it. And- yeah, someone's just duct taping it to the floor or something. <laughs> it looks like the desk of your teenager with wires all over the place. <laughs> exactly. and yeah, yeah. So uh, if you're ready to help your customers design the most customizable self-service solutions, start with the Wallaby Pro. Contact your ELO representative to learn more. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. Look, if it isn't broken, why replace it? Good point. Right? Yeah. We're yeah. Auto now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but nothing has ever went wrong thinking like that, right? I mean, right. Yeah. You know, why why bother replacing stuff? You know, yeah. like, my car is not broken yet. It's 20 years old. I don't need to worry. I don't, Meanwhile. I just need maintenance. On vacation, and really it breaks need, down. I don't really yeah. need an oil change. Right. Uh, but customers often do take this mentality. Mm. Uh, but we know that there is a big difference between not broken and not working optimally. There you go. Bingo. Especially regarding legacy printers. Nice. So Zebra's here to help with their latest ebook, Knowing When to Say When, Three Reasons Your Customers Should Refresh Legacy Printers. Oh, I like it. Printers can be a mission-critical component of many industries, and as long as they're churning out labels, receipts, and tags, it can be easy to take them for granted until they stop working. Yes. You need those labels. They yeah. just suddenly stop working. Well, uh-huh. it could shut the whole business down. Exactly. Right? Zebra printers are ultra-reliable and long-lasting, but even the best gear should be upgraded occasionally to keep up with the new demands and innovations. Mm-hmm. So check out the link in the show notes to read the ebook and learn more about how to have these important conversations with your customers. 